Iowa everywhere. Live from the Channel Seed Studios. Channel Seed Studios. This is Jared and Jabo and Iowa, Iowa everywhere. Where? Jared Stansberry. Jared Stansberry. Jordan Bohannon. Jordan Bohannon. Together on Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Welcome to the podcast. I still don't understand how I have top billing on this thing. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever for my name to come first. I just don't understand. You're the you're the special. You're the ultimate guy. You're the guy everyone wants to listen to. You like got it, voice. It, it, you're better it, looking. It's it's like if you go to a festival and they've got uh, a bunch of big names on there, and then the the headliner is like some band from ten years ago that nobody's listened to. You know, like what? It just doesn't make any sense. I I don't get it. I don't get it. But welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Channel Seed Studios. Recording as always here on uh, Iowa Everywhere. Jam-packed episode coming for you today. We've got questions from fans. Uh, The new NCAA commissioner or president uh, spoke and had a lot to say. And then we've got a pretty cool story, an interesting story out of New Jersey about uh, parents who like to talk shit to the umpires in Little League Baseball. But uh, you're still in California. How's California going? Are you... Do you feel like you should live off the government and and never have a job again yet? <laughs> I can see how the the, the whole uh, mentality of that gets lost out here in California. <laughs> I will I will admit that, but no, I am far from that. Have you f- completely forgotten about college sports because you like to go to the beach too much? That's what everybody says. Why people don't go to the UCLA football games, USC football games because they because they like to go to the beach instead. Is that the is that the argument for people not showing up to their games? Yeah, that's what the people on the West Coast say. We got too much going on to care about the care about the Bruins, you yeah. know. I don't know about that. What what's so crazy about it is my, my dad's from this area, like in Los Angeles area. And I've never like really came out here much. So it's pretty crazy. Like now I'm out here I feel like my dad. I'm it's, getting old. It's cool as an adult to go to those places. My dad's from Oregon, and I went there for the first time as an adult a couple years ago, and then went back last uh, last November. And when you like can actually understand the things that are going on, you know, it's pretty cool to go to yeah. those places. Yeah, for sure. I, and then the other thing is like he hardly ever really talks about his childhood. So like, I like, I don't really know what it was like growing up in Los Angeles. How do you, how do you explain to someone that from Los that's from Los Angeles or that, that they're trying to explain what it's like growing up here and you're from mm-hmm. Iowa. It's just right. a totally different environment. You mean to tell me Cedar Rapids, the mean streets of Cedar Rapids don't match up with, uh, or, or of Marion don't match up with, with Los Angeles. I find that hard to believe. Times are tougher, Marion, dude. Times are tougher. Yeah, I believe it. All right. Do you want to do the questions first or do you want to do all of the uh, the other things that we have? You're the guy, dude. You're the first Man, one get, on. Get you out got of here. Make the ultimate calls here. All right. Let's start with, uh, with Charlie Baker, the new president of the NCAA. He had some... Uh, some thoughts on a number of issues this week at the lead one association's annual spring meeting. I have no idea what the lead one association is some sort of, uh, I don't know, some sort of coalition, I suppose, of college, uh, college administrators. He said, quote, I don't think you'll find very many student athletes who want to be employees. I haven't found many, and there aren't really a lot of good reasons for that. Obviously there's a lot of traffic in the courts at this point about this issue these days which is going to limit what I would choose to say about it. But I think student athletes want to be student athletes and it's up to us to figure out how to make that work for them in a variety of environments and circumstances that are different. Maybe there are ways to do this that are different for certain divisions and certain programs at certain levels. But if we're really serious about being for student athletes, I'm not sure that they would think that that's where they want to go. Uh, You spend a lot of time talking to student athletes, spend a lot of time working on student athletes rights, uh, do you believe that student athletes want to be employees? I do believe they do want to be student athletes or they, they do want to be employees. If people talk to these college athletes and realize what actually is happening, that's what I believe in. I think half 
the whole concept of the NCA, right, with college athletes is for, well, first of all, the student athlete term is a made up terminology. Like a student athlete, 90% of the athletes are in Division One sports are going to a, a school not because to be a student they're going to be become an athlete so the whole student athlete terminology is a made-up thing by the ncaa just to protect their their model but um i think if, if people were actually laid down what's happening with college athletes and what's going on all the money that's actually flowing right through them off the backs of them i think a lot more would be open to the idea and become employees of the university because ultimately that's going to make them have a more protected um, stay with with the NCA or with whoever they're employed by with their conference with their school and protect them health wise protect them financially wise and before I, I think the whole term of the NCA like mentality of it you have these four you have these four years of sports right you're coming in you go right out right out and they come in with a whole new set of athletes that come in they come right out so four years isn't a lot of time to realize how many like what exactly is going on behind the curtains of the NCAA and the whole model. So I think that's why they've been able to get away with this for so long. But dude, to say that no athletes would college athletes want to be employees. That is a, a, a absurd comment by the NCAA president, the people, the person that's supposed to be protecting the college athletes. That is crazy. Uh, yeah. I would be interested to know if he has actually had these conversations with student athletes, which sport were they playing? Yeah. Because uh, I'm willing to bet that it wasn't basketball or football. And it just is uh, – it brings to it brings up a question that I think is important about this. And it is the NCAA president's role to protect student-athletes or is it to protect the schools? Right. And you got to thank the board of governors that, are, that hired this guy. Yeah. I mean, already – he's already tied to politics because he was a governor already. So he already has a foot in the door to lobby for whatever these board of governors want him to do. But all these board of governors have already have established tenure with their position with the NCA. They're going to hire whoever they want. They're going to force this guy, whoever they hired, to be ultimately the voice of their outrageous takes that a lot of these guys in the board of governors just are so out of touch with what's going on right now with athletics that nothing will continue to happen on the NCA. No, no matter what this this uh, new NCAA president will try to push for whatever he believes in. He, it doesn't matter what he thinks. Like he's just gonna be a voice for these people that are old and stuck in their ways and continue to do the same thing over and over again. NIL wouldn't have passed. Like if I, I don't think if Mark Emmer would have, wouldn't have met with myself, Geo Baker, and Isaiah Livers, and a couple other women's basketball players, I don't think that they would have they would have passed NIL because the board of governors would continue to force down the throat to Mark Emmer what they want and continue to want. That was, I think that was the first time Mark Emmer actually listened to athletes or met with athletes that actually held a voice in what matters in college athletics. And I guarantee you this new NCAA president has not listened to a single college athlete that actually has a voice. No, I think that that's probably safe to say, uh, the other topics that he covered during this, you know, he talked about collectives. Um, he talked about title nine, all these kinds of things. It just, it just seemed. And then he, he also spoke pretty extensively about all of the new state laws that are being passed that basically say, fuck you to the NCAA and, uh, it, and how there's a need for this federal legislation it becomes blatantly clear to me that they don't have any intention of actually doing what they should just do. And they're just continuing to beg Congress or someone to do something for them rather than them actually doing something themselves. Yeah. It's all, it's always put the, put like, the onus on somebody else. Yeah. You know? Put the onus on someone else, put it on Congress. It's their fault. They never passed anything like whether they like it or not, they have a, a monopoly and they run it as a cartel and they continue to have these athletes not be properly compensated, not be properly protected. And they're breaking federal law. Like they're breaking federal antitrust law. And that's why I've, I've personally met with the department of justice myself with a couple, a couple of numerous athletes across the NCAA to try to get them to investigate the NCA because they are breaking laws. 
by the book, they're breaking laws of, of federal and antitrust law. And for whatever reason, there's been, maybe it's because they have, they have a old governor in the door now that is representing and say, they finally have a guy that's been in Congress and we'll, we'll fight for them that way lobbying. But at the end of the day, it, the onus is on the NCA. They need to figure it out their, their themselves. They need to stop listening to those board of governors because they're not listening to athletes. They are not. The co- college athletes should be should have been employees a hundred years ago. I think you brought up a good point there. The protections. I think the protections is really important right now because we talk about how we're protecting student athletes and all these kinds of things. Wouldn't contracts with the schools and putting these things in place, this framework being done with the schools, isn't that protecting the school and it's protecting the student athlete? How is this not mutually beneficial for everyone? Right. You know, and I think that that's a that's a timely topic right now when you think about what's going on right now at the University of Colorado with the guys that are the number of guys that are leaving that program, the football program there and everything that's happened with Deion Sanders. What protections do those guys have right now? You know, there's a lot of them that are going to have opportunities to go and play elsewhere that are going to get, you know, great chances to go and play potentially at the power five level. But a lot of those guys are going to be re- are searching or going to be searching for a lot of the summer for anywhere to be able to play football and uh, to push them out at this point in the year and do things like that. Like, I just think that that's really unfortunate because they have no protections whatsoever other than, yeah, we can't pull your scholarship away from you if you just want to stay here and go and go to school, but you're not playing football anymore. And that's the only protection that they have whatsoever from any of these kinds of things. Yeah, we, we briefly talked on that last couple of weeks, and I think now we're kind of getting more de- in depth with it because of what was just being said by him. You're you're actually you're absolutely right. The the fact that there there's a an enormous lack of protection for these athletes out there, and keep in mind the coaches are they're great they're they're perfect, right? They have agents, they have people that handle their contracts, they have contracts with the universities when they get hired, they have endorsement deals outside of their schools. They're fine. Like they have health and benefits for their family. They're okay. Whatever would happen with, while they're working at that, at that job, they're fine. College athletes on their hand. Yeah. They're getting paid some money now from outside the universities, but how are they protected? And that protection that they are, that there's a lack of is, is bad for both sides right now, especially with the numerous cases, like just to go on the health side of everything. There's been numerous instances across the board in division one athletics of, of athletes dying, literally dying. I'm not exaggerating, dying in workouts in the off season or in season or, or ending up in the hospital because of issues. It happened right down the street in Iowa city a few years back. The lack of protection that the athletes will that have right now is hurting the schools too. So it's, it's mind boggling to me to understand why there hasn't been some sort of contracts, some sort of employee status put into place already but that goes right back full circle to the NCAA president and what he stated just now. They just refuse. What do you think of the situation in Colorado? I think Dion's forced out 51 guys since he took the job there uh, to turn over two thirds of your scholarship players. I mean, that's, that's something, you know, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad, I, I would strongly lean towards that's probably a bad thing. Frankly, I, yeah. I don't think that that's a good thing for college sports especially how college sports is right now, you're 100% right. It is terrible because there's no, there's no protections for these athletes, right? Exactly what we've been saying. They can just force out all these kids and they're left and like, okay, where do I go now? And keep in mind, like, I don't know the exact percentage, but a a large percentage of these athletes that are entering the transfer portal aren't even going to go to a division one school. They're not. And there's a lot of them that won't find a school to play at at all. That's not maybe division three or the NAIA level. Right. And you got look at all those numbers. And you can't say that, okay, this, this coach is forcing out all these players. It'd be one thing if they're on contract, right. And they're, you know, there's some sort of agreement being made. Like they go to this school for this coach or these players go to this for, for two well, years some, or whatever it yeah. may be. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some sort of terminology, just add a layer of protection. It's not going to be perfect. Like there's going to be instances where it's going to be flawed and there's going to be athletes that end up, not playing just because of the, the the circumstance. But if they can just cut in half of what's going on right now with some of these athletes and some of these coaches that are switching schools, Colorado, perfect example. 
that would that would be progress in my book and i think that that starts with layer one of just becoming employees of your school and having contracts as some sort of protection because it protects the athletes physically protects them wherever they might go in the future um and especially if any coach comes in on the school and weeds them out they're protected I don't care what anybody says either. I find it really hard to believe that you can add 50 people in the transfer portal and have a good football team the next year. I find it really, really hard to believe, you know? Well, here, here's the great thing though. Why I love the transfer portal. It's so new. We're going to find out, right? Because yeah. there it's, there's going to be instances like with Colorado and Deion Sanders that he's doing it. So, and if it works, there's going to be two different sides. Like, Oh, that's the best thing ever. And two, well, this is just going to be the end of college sports, just like with anything that changes in college sports. There's no way to fix it. It's already too in, too deep. I think I think either way is fine, in my opinion, because, okay, it works great, but there's all these athletes that still are left not going to schools. So there's going to have to be some sort of protection put in place either side, whatever happens. Yeah. either I mean, it's crazy time. Crazy time for college athletics. It's hard to – Hard to understand where some of this stuff is going to go. Um, all right, let's jump into some of these questions. Um, let's start with, and I don't know who all these are from. I just pulled them off. They're all off of Twitter. Uh, well, hopefully. keep in mind, uh, I'm two hours behind. So, Jared, p- people that are listening, Jared texts me at like 6.45 in the morning. And I wake up at like 9 o'clock California. 6.45 in the morning California time. Lazy people yeah. time, by the way. Yeah, lazy people time. And myself being lazy people time, I get up at, that would be 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Your time. Yeah. It was like 1145. Yeah. Yeah. And I get a text saying he puts some questions out there. I'm like, Oh shit. It's about to go down today. And I was five hours into it. And I checked Twitter. You guys are psychos. <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get into it. We had some good questions. It, this can be hit and miss. This exercise can be hit or miss. We had some really good questions, though. Uh, there's no, like, rhyme or reason to when these questions are going to come up. They're just, as I found them, they're riding. So we're just going to kind of hop around here. Uh, this one says, if Jordan could play on one Iowa State basketball team, what year would it would he have best fit in with, and how far in the tournament would they have gone? Ooh. Let's just let's just take it to the Iowa State teams that you played against. Well, obviously not my freshman year because they had Monte Morris and um, Naz and Matt, Matt, Mont, and yeah, Matt Thomas, like Deontay. that. I would have had a hard time fitting in that team. This might surprise you, dude. I I honestly would say the team that didn't win a game in non or in conference play. What? Yeah. I would have loved to play on that team because just because you would have been the guy. Well, one, I would have been the guy and two, I would have been, I like, I like to get a little aggressive sometimes when things, when people are slacking or not doing what they're doing or doing yeah. the right job. I would have loved to be on that team and hold everyone accountable, hold everyone in place. And if I could go back dude, and have a comparable season, I, I honestly think we have a winning season on conference or in the conference play. Shit, and you would have made the tournament then. Probably. Close. Yeah. I that's a, that, I, think, I think it would have been fun. That's like that's a fun thing. Well, let me fun. tell you, living through it wasn't very fun. Oh, Live, as it imagine. stood. Yeah. It was not very fun. Uh that that does surprise me that you would have said that said that. The only other one I was trying to think about how you would have fit on the uh twenty nineteen team, the one with Shayok and Wyler yeah. Babb and all those guys. I they had a lot of dudes too. I don't know how that would have worked out. The other, my second option might have been this last year's team because you guys needed a shooter desperate, desperately. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably say this last year. Yeah. Uh, all right. With it being Drake Relays week, week, what is the fastest mile you and J-Bo have ever ran? What's the fastest you've ever run a mile? Um, well, I got huge into cardio this last summer, and I got up to a 5.15 mile. Damn yeah so this is actually kind of a funny story my freshman year at simpson when i got there we did all track workouts for conditioning hell yeah so we did we ran the mile every tuesday and by the end of conditioning they wanted the the big men to run a 615 mile i think it was (laughs) 
Yeah, right. And oh yeah, <laughs> fuck no. Six fifteen as a not big happening. Man? Yeah, not happening. My best friend, dude, my best friend was 6'7", like 300 pounds. This man was not running a 6'15 mile, but neither was I. Like, I wasn't running a 6'15 <laughs> mile either. But that was by far the fastest mile. Like, I don't know how fast I ended up getting to, but that would have been by far the fastest mile I ever ran was at that time when we ran the mile literally every Tuesday morning at 5 o'clock in the morning. Were you just on a track, like outside? <laughs> yeah, we ran all on the track. We would run a mile, and then we would run eight 200 repeats. Mm. Uh, so you ran a mile in just like straight and then a mile in sprints. And then we didn't win very many basketball games because we weren't in very good basketball shape. <laughs> Dude, that's actually a great, uh, uh, thing to say because you can run all you want. Yeah. You're not going to be in basketball shape. The only way you can be in basketball shape is playing basketball games. That yeah. is the only way. The and even don't play basketball don't understand that and even like the the running suicides and all that kind of stuff like is not the same you yeah, know it doesn't it, work no it's just it the only way to feel comfortable playing is just to play basketball all the time and we didn't do anything on the basketball court we did everything <laughs> on the track or on the football field it was horrible people were throwing up like it was just it was basically our two three time weekly throw up session was all that it was as a team I'm sure you hated getting up those days too and realizing you had to do that. Oh, you dreaded it all week. It, yeah. you'd, it'd get done and you're dreading the next one already. <laughs> you're in the middle of running your mile and you're like, fuck, I have to do this again next week. Gosh, what am I doing here? You know, this is why I didn't last very long. Why I didn't last very long at the, uh, playing with, playing with those guys is brutal. It's a tough one, man. It's luckily, luckily things aren't quite the same at Simpson college. If anybody's getting recruited by Simpson, this is not how it is anymore. I promise you. Uh, what do you think about UFOs and are aliens already here? Oh, aliens absolutely are, are, are already here. That's, that's where I stand on this. You know, you know, when there was the era 51, like huge protests and like people were going to break yeah, they're going to, they're going to stampede area 51. Yeah. yeah I, I was, I, I, <laughs> I could have been the guy that was running at that all. That's how in depth I am of wanting to get some answers. You would have been out there leading the charge towards area 50. You would, would have been the first have, guy getting mowed down then by the government. I would have had a pickaxe on my right shoulder and a <laughs> AR on my left shoulder, just sprinting into government territory ready in order to get the answers to whether or not the yeah. aliens are here. Yeah. The, the actually, a current event space force did say that did you did you see this on no. uh, on the news no. supposedly sport, space force said that the um threat from the outside world is very real something something along those lines so i'm not of course saying, the space force is going to say that they want to get their money in the budget yeah that's true but i mean how cool is it if we have a space force now does anybody else on, in the world have a space force yet no uh you know what I think? I think we've had a space force for a while. Oh, 100%. Like there was already a branch. Have you ever watched the show uh, For All space Mankind? Force? No. Yes, I, I have watched that show with <laughs> Steve Crow. Uh, it's called For All Mankind or All Mankind. It's on Apple Plus. And it's no. like, uh, it, it's basically like a, you know, a fictionalized world in which the Russians beat the United States to the moon and how that pushed the United States to throw even more money into NASA. And then NASA basically led technology like into the next generation. And it's like a whole thing. It's really good. It's actually really interesting, but uh, it's interesting to think about how things could have been different. Like if the space race had gone differently, you know, uh, it's like a, it's like a different simulation of, yeah, it's like a retrospective of like what could have happened, you know, uh dude people people that make up tv shows have like the most insane especially like the sci-fi like they they must most smoke like a shit ton of weed and be like hey dude like what if we like retroactively actively go back to see what russia would have done if they were first on the moon and everyone starts freaking out oh my god dude that's such a good idea like well, is I mean, that you, you've walked outside in california haven't you don't you know what it smells like out there that's oh. where the people making these shows live I walk outside and I, I feel like I'm in a different dimension. <laughs> like, dude, lay it off a little bit. It's seven in the morning, bro. 
It's four in the morning, dude. Go to bed. Hey, that's just, need- hey. Four twenty. Four twenty only comes around twice a day, man. Yeah, no kidding. And they take it seriously. They're they're active for those minutes of those four twenties. Hey, don't knock them. They got to get through life somehow out there in the beautiful sunshine. Life is so rough out there in California, man. They got to make it through. I'm not uh, gonna lie. I was walking on the beach around San Diego. Quick story time. <laughs> and there's a quite a bit of homeless people, right? And for some reason, I had this thought in my head. I was about the whole needle incident of like homeless guys sticking needles into strangers. I don't know if you saw those headlines. Like that was no, that. no. And like I was like, dude, this guy was walking super suspicious too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like he's walking with like a, with like a little like crip walk, and he's like about to fall over, but he's not. He's like stable. And I'm like, dude, is he gonna stab me? So like I like keep it. I was like corner my eye, corner my eye, corner my eye, and he wrapped he wrapped around my left shoulder and circled around to my right shoulder and just like took off. Like he didn't sprint, but he did his like little crip sprint walk. I'm like, <laughs> this is absurd. This is a crazy environment. It's insane. Welcome to California. Welcome to California. Uh, oh man. All right, hypothetical. If Otts became the coach at Iowa and Fran became the coach at Iowa State and you're a 17-year-old recruit with offers from both schools, who do you go play for and why? I have offers from both schools? Yeah. Oh, man. It's hard because both these coaches recruited me. Like, they actually did recruit me in real life. Man. It's a tough oh, one. man. It... You got your allegiance to Fran, but if you keep your allegiance to Fran, then you're giving your allegiance to the Cyclones too. This yeah, is a, this is a trick question right here. I'm losing my allegiance to the university, dude. Well, here's the thing. That is one of the hardest questions I've ever answered. Here's the thing. I I'm a, oh, I always wanted to play for the University of Iowa, and Fran gave me the opportunity. So. Technically, the University of Iowa came first. So I I would have to say University of Iowa. Okay. That's what I figured you would say. Yeah. yeah. But there's uh, that's that is yeah, that's a that's a little tricky one. I don't know, man. Are you ready to guard? You gonna play for Ots? Only if I can shoot ten threes a game. <laughs> <laughs> well did you see how many that they let Gabe Cow this year? Yeah, I mean but yeah he'll let him fire he'll let you fire him up yeah but there's half the amount of possessions playing for odds compared to fran yeah so this actually actually a good uh segue into another question that someone asked uh he said not an indictment but what percentage of practice slash emphasis was placed on defense in practice <laughs> not an indictment <laughs> no offense no offense, but how much time did you actually practice defending in college? What What's crazy is we actually spent a large amount on defense, whether people want to believe it or not. It's just we play our offense so fucking fast. Like, people don't realize how fast we play. Like, I know there's there's been several people that come to our practices and watch our practices and have said the same thing. Like, well, you guys actually work on defense? Like, joking, like, a little, a little elbow nodge, like, ha, ha, ha. But yeah, we actually like we a lot of our like conditioning is basically playing like these segments, and you have to like get a certain amount of stops in a row to win. So like it's 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 a good amount. It's a good amount on defense. Yes, that sounds like the kind of joke that like Robbie Hummel would come to practice, and then he'd make that joke. You know, yeah. like a Big Ten Network analyst is making that joke. Yeah, I like Robbie Hummel, but man, there's a lot of Big Ten out guys out there. Did you watch when, uh, the night when Patrick McCaffrey told him he was going to make five threes and then made five in the first yeah. half and kept looking at him? Yeah, that was a, that, I don't think that was talked about enough. The only time I ever heard that talked about was from Robbie. I think yeah. on the air, the only time I heard him ever talk about that. Yeah, he was literally staring down the commentator the whole game. <laughs> Electric. For like no reason, too. Just like no reason. I don't even think they won that game either. No, I don't think so. It was just like one of these weird things, like a weird side plot in the broadcast yeah. was that every time Patrick McCaffrey made a three, he had to look at Robbie Hummel and say something to him. Little side story. Oh man, that was funny. 
this guy wants to know what the final score of a one-on-one game between the two of us would be. Between me and you? Yeah. Well, who has ball first? I mean, I would like to think that I could get the ball first just because uh, you, you're a nice friend. You know you're going to get the ball and score on me every minute, how many, many times in a row, you know? Um, we played 11, ones and twos. Yeah. I'd get at least one. Yeah, I'd say you'd probably score once or twice. But once yeah. I get the ball, you're not getting it back. No, yeah. And I, I understand that. I'm not going to argue that, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll Obviously, I'm going to try. Like, I'm going to try yeah. to get the ball back. But I'm, I'm knowing that it's probably just not going to go well for me. You are a professional basketball player, and I'm not. Yeah. No, for sure. I think just because of your height and you have some sort of skill already playing basketball, you for sure will get a couple points. Yeah. I, I think that anybody out there who thinks I would get blanked is a moron. I'll say that right now. Uh, starting is, five, I will say this. There is a good chance if you don't score the first possession that you get blanked. Yeah, I mean, I, but that could be the case for you playing against anybody. You're a professional fucking oh, basketball true. player. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't yeah. matter who that is. Uh, uh, starting five of the best players from both Iowa State and Iowa this decade. Does, does this decade just mean – the 2020s or does that mean like going back to 2013 i think that was yeah, it that, well i mean it has to be 2013 to yeah i would think so uh well who would be our who's our pool of players here the the murray twins luca niang uh monte. monte those are the five that probably halliburton yeah tyrese halliburton uh That's a good top six right there, man. You're winning a lot of games with that top six. Low key, like I love Matt Thomas's game. I throw him in there too. Yeah, Matt Thomas. Um, well, I'll throw you in there, I suppose. Aw, I nice. suppose. Uh, I'm trying to think of your other teammates. Joe Wieskamp. Yeah, Joe yeah. Wieskamp. Aaron White. Yeah, Aaron White. Uh, Peter Jock has to be in there. Peter Jock. I don't know. It'd be a good team. I, I don't know if it would be hard to pick the pick a five. There's not a lot of guard. Like it would be hard to pick that front court, especially. If if we could form a mega team with Iowa and Iowa State back in like the 2013s through 2023s, like on each team each year, mm-hmm. we'd win the national title every year. Yeah. Is this assuming that every other state is not doing the same thing? Yeah, we're the only state doing it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we're the. It's like if uh, it's like if you're in a conference and there's like a sports sharing in high school, you know, and you get like two schools that are really good at something, but they only have a handful of kids, and then all of a sudden they're gonna start, they're gonna consolidate, you know, and then they start beating the shit out of everybody because they've got like twice as many kids because they've got two separate schools. Exactly. So it's been done already. We have the model. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Uh, what was the best trash talk you heard in college? Have we talked about this before? Best trash talk? I feel like we have. I mean, I've heard some crazy shit. What's the best thing you can think of? Um, man, I, there's so many, you know, my freshman year. We played some insane people, like some crazy people, possibly some criminals at this point. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, I don't know, dude. Oh, my gosh. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. My bad. That wasn't obnoxious at all. I don't know how to get that off my phone compared to my computer. I, I, I've been trying to figure it out for four years, Jared. I can't figure it out. <laughs> am i getting old is that is that the point you get old you could just go up there and put your computer into focus mode you know and just like do do not disturb okay i mean i that's also we've recorded how many episodes of the podcast that's the first time that's ever happened so that's surprising because i don't want to toot my own horn but a lot of people hit me up All right. What was the question? Not, not to brag or anything, but a lot of people call me. Not, okay. Yeah. Not to brag at all. Not to brag. Yeah, because nobody wants their fucking phone to ring. <laughs> not to brag, but I've been thinking about getting another phone. 
like Kevin Gates got the two phones. Dude, surprisingly, like everyone I like I was a teammate with in the G League had two phones. So I'm like, is it worth it? Do I need to get two phones? <laughs> Did you ever ask anybody, hey bro, what's the other phone for? No, I was afraid to. I'm like, seriously though, they all had two phones. That's funny. Yeah. I just want to know why, like for uh, what? The only thing I can think of is because like they got all their basketball stuff on one phone and personal stuff on another. Cause it can get kind of hectic with the amount of texts you get during season. Yeah. But yeah. is it, is it, but also, is it worth it? Right. Also, you have to carry two phones around all the time. Yeah, like doesn't that get uncomfortable when you're walking around? You got two things flowing around in your pants. I don't know, man. I think you got a little more than that flowing around in your pants. But uh, oh yeah, what was the best trash talk that you heard in college? That was the question. (sighs) That's getting clipped right there. (laughs) What that whole thing? And then what was the best trash talk? That that was the question. (laughs) Oh, I'm sweating. I don't know, dude. My mind, like, I'm looking back, it's all just a blur. Like, I can't think of a certain instance that it was I, like. I just think so much of it's is low key, you know, yeah, like yeah. The things that you're not. It's not like most trash talk is like out in the open, you know. It's a lot right. of times. It's just it's it's kind of you know, you say something to somebody kind of on the side, you know, or out of the side of your mouth. I do remember Miles Bridges my freshman year, which goes down perfectly along the line that he is a criminal now. So yeah. fits yeah. my mental. Yeah. Um, we were playing them at, I think it was at Michigan State. I don't think we played them at home that year. I don't think we had a double. No, I think it was at Michigan State. And he hit a three in the corner. And I was, I just went out for my like 12 minute break. And I want to say it was Riley Till that said something like, that shit's broke or that shit's off somewhere on that line. And he turned around, like the ball was in the air. Like it didn't go in the basket. He shot the three, turned around and said something along the lines, like, like that shit's wet pussy or something like that. (laughs) And keep in mind, four minutes later, he dunks on me. So Um, I lose my 30. So it was just a, uh, I don't know maybe he was distracted by the blindingly white court too. That that's why I missed it. the shot. Could have been it. I don't know. It was, he was a bizarre person to play against. Every player that I talk about or have talked to that I have asked that question to, cause I did a podcast on cyclone fanatic with a guy that played for Iowa state, like in the early 2010, Scott Christofferson. I don't know if mm-hmm. you would know, know that name. Legend. He's yep. a legend. Uh, he, uh, I asked him that same question and the only trash talk that he could remember was Travis Ford at Oklahoma state, the former coach at Oklahoma state. He used to talk shit to people. What? Yes. From the sidelines, the head coach used to talk shit to the other players. That sounds counterintuitive, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was, he just said that he would always make comments when you'd run by him. He would like, he'd say something to you, you know, I do remember the Portland. Now that you bring that up, like that is, I'm glad someone else does deal with that too, because I feel like it's all just little trash talk and a blur through the career. But I remember we played Portland state and the coach was like talking shit about uh, like, he hasn't played us yet. We're, we're playing them in two days. He's talking shit about Iowa before like in the press conference, like some of the long lines, like they shoot really bad shots and are poor. Like it was something like crazy. I don't remember exactly. When was it in a tournament? We played Portland State. It was one of those buy games at the beginning of the year. I'm oh, like, you guys are fucking Portland State. Like we're gonna beat you by fifty. <laughs> I was just say, what media is the Portland State coach talking to? Where he could even like shit on you guys? Yeah, it was crazy. And I guess he he was like very animated on the sideline the whole game. Like I, I think Coach McCaffrey knew him prior, and he was just he knew what his character was. But we're like, dude. We could play the starters for the first four minutes and send them out the rest of the game. We'll still win by 30. You guys are awful. I want to say Terry Porter used to be the Portland State basketball coach. It was the COVID year, so it had been two years ago when we played them. I'm pretty sure that that's right. Yeah, just oh, a bizarre, bizarre guy. 
I don't even think we didn't even shake hands that game. That that was a game. That was a game they were trying to get in our locker room and fight us. Oh, <laughs> Portland <laughs> State. Yes, dude. And that was the COVID year, and like because Iowa, the tunnel situation, we all walk in the tunnel at the same spot. And we didn't shake hands. We went in the tunnel, and there was like players banging on the door trying to get in and fight us. Oh my God! I know who this coach is. Okay, okay, okay. He used to be the head coach at Indian Hills. That's how Fran would have oh. known him. Yeah, Barrett that, Peary. That yeah. that's who it is. He used to be the head coach at Indian Hills, like in the, uh, like in the Hoiberg years. So uh-huh. like a lot of those guys, like Jameel McKay, Dustin Hogue, like those guys played for him at, or maybe not Dustin Hogue, but those guys that went to Indian Hills all played for him. Yeah. So yeah. he was a psycho. Their players were psychos. They, they got 60 piece McNugget meal, no fries in the bag. And they try to fight us in the locker room. Well, he is, uh, he is no longer the coach there at, uh, I'm trying to look what this was not the, you're, you're confused. No, it's Portland state. Portland state appears to have not played a non-conference schedule that year. Maybe it was the last year. Or was it Portland? No, it was Portland State Vikings. Okay, here it is. Yeah, it was the year after the COVID year. So you're seeing, yeah, your last oh, yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, last yeah, year. yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we we didn't shake hands with a lot of teams in my career at Iowa. So eighty-five to fifty-one. Yeah. Yeah, they got yeah eighty-five to fifty-one. I probably didn't even play twenty minutes. All right, last question: What is your zombie apocalypse plan? Which Iowa State and or Iowa athletes would you want to be with you during it? I've thought about this a lot. Where would I go before I pick someone up? I don't know. People always say shopping malls for some reason. Or Walmart. Yeah. yeah, Why the hell would you do that? I think you need to pick a low-key store. You can't pick Walmart. Walmart's too obvious. Shields, like Bass Pro, like those things are too obvious. There's too many people going there. You're not going to survive. That turns into like a game of Fortnite. That's just battle royale. I would pick like a. I mean, I always thought like hotels would be a fun excursion during a zombie apocalypse. Food could become an issue, though. Yeah, food become an issue. I would probably. I mean, a super target. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big Walmart guy. I feel like in the zombie apocalypse, do you have much room to be choosy? You know, my zombie apocalypse. Like at that point, do you have time to stop and be like, come on guys, we're really going to go to Walmart. Yeah. I'm going to be like, dude, we bought all our stuff at super target our whole life. We're going to end our life at Walmart. <laughs> gotta go. To, <laughs> gotta go to super target. <laughs> yeah. Why not go to whole foods trader Joe's because that food doesn't last long. <laughs> yeah. I've already answered that before. You already thought that one through. You're like, yeah. yeah, no, I'm not doing that. That's too that that rich people shit. I don't want that. No. Yeah, the food, the food doesn't last long. The food doesn't last the same. See, that's why you got to go to Walmart. Everything's everything lasts in there. Yeah. At this point, High V, man, I feel like High V would have a like they've got a strong case. Fairway, like they've all got but, a strong case. But I've always said this: if you if you go to Walmart during zombie apocalypse, the food there might kill you first before the actual zombies. I mean, yeah, yeah, if you ate the wrong thing, I guess. Well, just, have you seen the people at Walmart? I just think that the people that would be going to Walmart, like, it's like I said, like, it would be Battle Royale in Walmart. Do you think that there's any possibility that you could create an organized society within that Walmart in order to potentially end the zombie apocalypse? Like, obviously not. An organized know? society? No, no. Okay, so now we're talking about a different thing. Are we, are we surviving or are we creating an organized society? Well, I would like to think that once we survive, we need to come with some sort of social order, you know? Okay, well, if like, how creating, are we going to rebuild? If we're creating social order and rebuilding, I'm going into like the boonies and like the South, and I'm going into like making a little farm society, have a little church chapel there, growing growing food, having a farm, growing my potatoes, you know, tomatoes, maybe maybe even have like some watermelon there as well. Like, and you know that the the zombie apocalypse is hitting those places last, you know. Well, here's the other thing too. If you go to Walmart, the zombies there are going to be like insane because you know you know the people that always gravitate to Walmart are insane. So 
you got to kind of stay away from those areas that are always have those gravitational pull to those types of people. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, like the crack addicts, like those, those zombies are going to be insane. Right. So you want to stay away from those areas. Who knew that zombies had meth head strength? Well, I, I'm just, there's going to be like a, on top of like that characteristics, there's going to be like evolution to these zombies too. So like, yeah, there's going to be those, those types of zombies that are are greater than some other zombies. So you want to stay away from those areas. That's what I'm saying. We need to locate. No, this is what we do. We take over an Amazon distribution center. Yeah, but no one's going to be. Why, why dis- what do they not have at an Amazon distribution center? They can get anything anywhere in a day. They've got everything, you know, do they though? They have to, that's how they're able to get everything anywhere in, in a day. Yeah, but there's just dildos in those boxes and like, oh jeez, and like wagons for babies, like those massive, things. massive vats of like whatever shit that you might possibly some random person has ordered. Yeah. You you can't promise there's gonna be food in those distribution centers. I'd feel confident that they would have most of the non-perishables. Most- here's the, here's the difference between me and you, Jared. I'm thinking I'm thinking ahead in the future. I'm creating I'm creating a community. You're creating a selfish one centered. How do I survive as long as possible? Yeah. How do you personally? I'm trying to, I'm trying to extend the human race here and you're just trying to extend your life. That's the difference between me and you. I love how you're building a chapel so that you can force your, uh, (laughs) your beliefs onto whoever these helpless people are that are just trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. You don't have to go to church on Sundays in my community. You can go whenever you want. You don't have to go to church. Just strongly suggested. Yeah, I strongly suggest it. And if you don't, we kick you out. <laughs> it's your option, though. It's your choice, but if you don't do this, you can't live here. Yeah, it's uh, it's really it's open. It's open society. Oh, man. What a group of questions. All right. Uh, one last story. This comes from the state of New Jersey. Uh, little League season, well underway. And we've got an interesting story where uh, the people in the – Deptford Township, New Jersey, Little League, after two volunteer umpires quit last week, have set it up now to where parents have to replace umpires if they are removed from a game. Uh, It says, uh, Deptford Township has created an innovative new solution to combat the trend. If a parent or another spectator fights with an umpire, they have to volunteer to officiate themselves for at least three upcoming games. Uh, quote, you're not allowed to come into our complex until you complete three umpire assignments. Once you do that, then we'll let you back in. Uh, people are very comfortable making officials uncomfortable. So it's about time that we reverse the trend and started making people uncomfortable who are, who are harassing officials. Uh, thoughts on the parents having to umpire after getting kicked out of games for berating umpires. I think it's hilarious because it's a little league. If we're, if we're talking about high school, Jared, I think this would be a little different, but it's little league, man. What are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we, why are we yelling at little league umpires? I think then that the umpires should have free reign to the, the umpires that have quit should have free reign to come in and, and berate the parents that are doing their umpiring assignments. Yeah. That'd be great. Reverse the roles. We have a little section specifically for the umpires where they can just shit all over whoever (laughs) this parent is that's umpiring the game and And say whatever they want. Free beers on tap right in the dugout for them. Yeah. (laughs) It is really sad though how how people just in general take this stuff, how seriously they take this stuff and to freak out on officials and things like that the way that they do right now. My my take as much. Well, as I mean, I, hate, I can't I can't imagine where anybody got the hate from officials. Hate right. officials from. They bring it on themselves, but my hate for <laughs> officials stops stops at the teenage years, right? If, if once someone turns thirteen, those officials are free game. Yeah, once the, once the kids turn thirteen, it's a grown up sport, man. You got you gotta you gotta be out there. You gotta be surviving. You gotta you gotta be making the right calls. It's a grown man sport, man. The kids are out there fighting for their lives and you're out there throwing, you're blowing the knee, you're blowing the game on your knees. Like, come on. That's when it starts. It starts at the teenage years. Not when they're bottom dollar. When my kid turns a teenager, I'm going to be on the court. I'm like, I'm going to get ejected a couple games. I can promise you that. I saw last week that JJ Redick got kicked out of his eight year olds game. Love it. Love it. 
my nephews are let's see one of my nephews is about to turn two here so he probably will have t-ball starting up here in a couple of years i promise you i might get kicked out of the t-ball game the no, kid was safe the no, kid was safe no you will not the kid was safe booker was safe he was not out my god that's just what you need is like uh there you already know it'd be in the newspaper or something like that or on kcci uh former i was former iowa star kicked out of uh out of t-ball game for berating officials <laughs> there's a picture of me on the field with my finger pointed right into the umpire's face you're like nose to nose with the umpire it's like a it's like an old school mlb uh guys like kicking the dirt on the umpire's shoes yeah and i'm dressed up in the full t-ball outfits here <laughs> Can we talk about how weird that is that in baseball, the coaches have to dress up in the uniform too? Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, like, dude, just drop it. You're not a baseball player anymore. Imagine if Fran McCaffrey had to suit up with you guys for every game. That's literally what it's like, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, they got to wear the baseball pants and everything. It's like, fellas, a nice pair of sweatpants would do just fine. Everybody yeah. would be cool with that, you know? Like, the baseball pants are too tight on the ass, man. Like, drop it. This is new, new, new style, okay? It's over. It's over. Yeah. We don't need it. Uh, it, I, it. This is interesting that this has come up this weekend because I saw a clip over the weekend of John Higgins, uh, one of the, the best officials in college basketball, officiating AAU games. Uh, imagine going to a game and you're and your kid, you know, you see a call you don't disagree, you disagree with and you start berating John Higgins, you know, and at an I AAU game. And I guarantee you more than 80% of those people at those games don't realize that's John Higgins, one of the best officials in college basketball. Oh, I guarantee it. They're, but also, like, can you blame him? Because I would never expect him to be there, you right. know? You can we just give him a like, round, of, round of applause for the guy, though? This hey guy man. wants it. He wants to be the best. Grind never see, stops, dude. You don't see Corny Green out there doing that. Corny Green's probably on a beach somewhere enjoying his vacation for a whole six months before he gets to do four job, four games in four days for the Big Ten slate. Corny Green's not doing it. Paul Zell, damn sure, is not doing it. Paul John Zell is perfecting his craft. Yeah, Higgins wants it. He deserves to ref every Final Four game for the rest of eternity. I just imagine that John Higgins is in the car on the way over there, and he's like, I really want to work on my – I want to work on my fist, getting it really up foul, you know, really work on that today. Like yeah. thinking about the the intricacies, the uh, the details of being an official, he's like, I'm really going to hone in on these ones today. He wants it. That's what it comes down to. And a lot of these officials don't want it. They don't want it. They don't. They don't. All right, man. Good episode. Good podcast. You got anything else you want to throw out there? When's your camp coming up? When's your camps? Um, still in the works. I will have one in – Western side of the state, working on that. Central side of the state and eastern side. So Iowa City, Des Moines, and small town in Western Iowa. I will be doing. What town in Western Iowa? Honestly, can I can't. You, can you tell me yet? I, I can bring it up on my email, but I don't remember. <laughs> it's a small one. I want to say like Alta or something. Okay. Yeah. That that would make sense. A L T A. So. Is that a Western? Mm. No, I don't. I don't think so. Alta Aurelia, I think, is the name of that school district. I'm not 100 percent sure that's in Western Iowa, though. Oh, I got it right here. Um, Alta, yeah, A L T A. Oh, it is in Western Iowa. It's like Northwest Iowa. Yeah, we by. are working on a camp there. So, can I come to your camp? Yeah, honestly, dude, if you want to help out for some of them. Oh, I'm there. Oh, I'm yeah. there. Yeah, I'll you pay know you I'm a there. nice. I'll pay you a nice little hefty. There we go. There smooch we go. on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk to everybody again next week. Peace. Iowa everywhere.